For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. CHN Radio Emergency Edition, Newcastle United did things. And right before the season started, you have in your ears an emergency podcast because Newcastle United have announced the signings of Callan Wilson and Ryan Fraser. And you got to redo that because you said Callan Wilson. Like, you don't actually have to redo that, but it sounded like you said Callan Wilson. I said Wilson, Wilson, I thought. Oh, I don't know. It sounded like Wilson, but I actually... You served your introduction to me, so I guess you can go ahead and introduce, introduce yourself. Um, well, as you know, it's the best <laughs> damn co-host in the lane. Your boy, Elijah Newsom, coming at you on the ones and twos. You already know what's going on with it, baby. We are here and we're live because Newcastle did things. And it was actually kind of funny because I've been writing about all of these things. Uh, shout out to me for writing. Um, hats off to me. Um, I wrote about these deals getting close. And literally every time I wrote something, people were tweeting at me like, this is weird. This is odd. Why is Newcastle making moves? Why are we making competent signings? And here we are uh, um, on Monday, uh, Labor Day in the States. Um, shout out to uh, everyone who's American and I guess everyone else. But And Newcastle have made not one, but two signings, Greg. Two. Both, both of which, dare I say it, are good signings. Yeah. Both of which fans of other clubs are like, hey – They've been texting me. I have a little group chat. They're like, hey, Elijah, Newcastle, good signings. That's honestly does not happen a lot. It's only happened with Miggy uh, and ASM, and that's about it. But, yeah, so it's weird. That's happened today. Yeah. Crazy. It's, uh, Newcastle are looking like they know what they're doing. Um, and also congrats to Callum Wilson. <laughs> that's yeah. for you. And yeah. uh, as Elijah will definitely say multiple times, Ryan Frazier, because that's the American way to say it. But it is Fraser. Oh. Um, oh okay. Um, um, well, you know I'm going to you, – Yeah, you're going to butcher that. Just like oh, we uh, just butchered um, – who, who is the last – who is the player that we're adding? Oh, Hendricks. Just like oh, Hendricks. Hendricks, yeah. Hendricks. So, Hendricks. so we're going to go like Jamal Lewison or something like that whenever that's announced. Yeah, yeah. Um, so congrats to those two players because they went from cherries, which is just a shitty mascot to magpie, which is yeah. the, uh, definitely the, the best mascot in. And magpies probably history. eat cherries. If you think about it, like circle of life, like birds, yeah. cherries. Yeah. So it's an upgrade everywhere. Yeah. It's totally an upgrade. Um, nobody really wants to be a cherry. Like 
nobody like says my wish when I die is to be reincarnated as a cherry, but people do. Yeah. Birds. And before we get into it, it's worth saying both guys were like, wow. Like when you walk into St. James, it's like crazy fans, like everyone's yeah. super loyal, blah, blah. And like, I can understand that that being something that they want because Bournemouth, the fans are just so like, meh. They're like, yeah, bro. It's the South coast. Like, Bournemouth, bro. Like it's they're like, like the size of high school stadium too. Exactly. There's yeah. definitely high school football stadiums in Georgia bigger than. Oh, dude, yes, a hundred percent. Shout out, Vitality to Stadium is it? It it is. It's a League One size stadium. Like yeah. they actually, you're better off. They're better off playing in the Stadium of Light. It, I dare I say it. All right, let's get into it. Who are we talking about first, Craig? Callum. Um, so, so that was the first announcement. Um, so we, uh, signed Callum Wilson on a 20 million pound deal, uh, concluded, signed, sealed, delivered on Monday. Mm. Um, he's 28 years old. He signed a four year deal with Newcastle and, uh, he revealed that Alan Shearer was his inspiration for the move. Also another, he mentioned another famous Newcastle striker, Santiago Mm. Munoz. Um, Big so, as his as his uh, as his inspirations. So Shearer uh, contacted Wilson as he was recovering from a knee injury um, and like getting into England, and they, they, they they've been speaking like just keeping in touch. And then Wilson obviously let him know that this was about to happen. And he said, Wilson said on NUFC TV, uh, he said it was really encouraging to hear it from such a legend. It was out of the blue. The text message as well. So I was quite surprised, but I was so appreciative. We kept in touch. Shearer messaged me when I first got the call up for England, and we've been in touch about me coming here. I asked a few questions. What's it like around the town and things like that? And he had nothing but praise for the football club and for the place. It was already in my mind I was coming here, but that's just nailed it on. It was concrete. Um, Can I say something real quick off of that? Um, And I've mentioned this a bunch, but I feel like it's not getting the cloud it's deserved in every channel. So because this is a podcast and people are forced to listen to me, this is literally like perfect timing for the TIFO video. Uh, Greg, I don't know if you saw this. The TIFO video they just dropped about like what goes into player recruitment, like like what goes into a player's decision when they come to a club. And they basically talk about player recruitment, like agents fees, like all these different things. And one of the things they talk about is like they take they have a couple scenarios where they literally talk about like how you recruit a player when there's multiple clubs coming after that player like makes a huge difference. And like how Arsene Wenger was like a genius at this, like he would fly guys out to like where he was. Like there was one instance where he flew out a player to like the Europa League final because he was a commentator on there, took him out to dinner, took him to the game. Like and it's like. This is a this is one of those situations, a rare situation, might I add, where Newcastle killed it with recruitment for this player. They got their guy. I mean, West Ham was another team, and um, this was actually mentioned when he was doing an interview with the press. Um, London is where like Callum Wilson is. It's from. He's that's like that logistically, logically, that makes sense to him. He's going back to where he's from, home, all that kind of stuff. But in terms of recruitment, Newcastle pulled out all the stops. When you get that call decided between two different top, two different teams, and one team's like, "Hey, come play at us." We're oh, it's Villa. Sorry, not West Ham. Uh, come play for us. It's Aston Villa. And then another team's like, "Oh, hey, here's the greatest Premier League striker of all time. Going to call you and say, hey, you deserve the number nine shirt at the club I was at, the shirt I wore.' That that's like 
a new level of recruitment that I've never seen from, from Newcastle. And there's been hints at it. Like I know they had ASM reach out to some players who were French, but like this, this is like a, they need to do more of this because I mean, once you get to the prem, it's like you're in the premier league. If a player is deciding to come to the premier league, it's all about like, what's the best deal you can offer that player money aside, but just like, how are you showing that player? He's worth every bit of your time and, and, and worth, you know, joining your club. And so shout out to Newcastle and Tifo, of course, check yeah. out their content. Yeah, definitely. Um, let, before we get into his whole makeup, uh, let's get into three words. Mm. Uh, so we asked you to give us your three words, reactions on the Callum Wilson signing. Um, first one, Mr. Steel, your worldwide says mm. better than nothing. Correct. Fair. Uh, <laughs> Nick Lowe says, please score goals. Will Watson says, don't get injured. Uh, poisoned Chalice Army Portland. Wait, I have to click on it. Oh, yeah. Poison Chalice Army Portland said, who would have thought? Um, Chris says, clearly confident. Welcome. Eric says, need another striker. John Bush might stay up. Might in quotes. Yeah. Dale <laughs> says, over the moon. Uh, Foot District says finally a fucking goal scorer which is four words but then backed it up saying i know you asked for three but it had to be said well it's true i have to agree with him there like that that makes sense (laughs) there's an exception uh sam cook says better than jolinton adrian langley says finally replacing ba and alex (laughs) passine says need callum needed callum sooner so great three words let's talk about more in depth um just some of his Scoring prowess since he's been in the Premier League. He's been a Premier League player since the 15-16 season. And if you take every single season that he's had, he would be the leading scorer at Newcastle United. Dang, um, I was going to say that. Because it's true. <laughs> for this year. Um, last year, he had eight goals, three assists. The year before, 14 goals, 10 assists. If we can get that from him. Goodness me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so he's had five goals in his first year. Only 13 appearances and mm-hmm. got five goals. Uh, then he had 20 appearances and got six goals and an assist. 28 appearances, got eight goals and two assists. 30 appearances, 14 goals and 10 assists. And then 35 appearances, eight goals and three assists last year. So, Elijah, I'll leave it to you. Tell us more about the play style and what we're going to get from a player like Callum Wilson. Who, by the oh, way, wow. it's reported he did get the number nine. Yeah, yeah it's been reported by The Athletic. There's yeah. been some conflicting reports, but – I trust the athletic more than I trust honestly any other source right now mm-hmm. because those guys are, they were the best of the best in their respective communities. And the athletic has a wealth of resources that local newspapers just don't have. So I'm going to trust the athletic here. Um, yep. And if that's true, Greg, that's a fun fact for you that I think will um, be at the next two army meetup kind of bar drunken trivia um, Four players in four years for Newcastle were the number nine. Um, which is which is interesting. Dwight Gale, uh, Solomon Rondon, Joel Linton, and now Callum Wilson. So that's oh, a weird. You're going to ask me to name them. I, I would have gotten it though. I mean, yeah, that's I, I didn't even I knew that you're you're a guru, man. I mean, come on, like I knew you you would know all these guys. It's also like it's so easy that I knew that that trivia. That's how easy it was. Um, but Callum Wilson, uh, I would say Callum Wilson is the the best look at what we have at Newcastle is like that complete forward that he's like the most complete forward I think we've had in a while. Um, I guess his main knock when we kind of get into this is honestly just health. 
That's going to be a big thing. Not as bad as Andy Carroll, but certainly not as good as Joel Linton, who barely missed any matches this season. Um, but Callum Wilson, our good friend Chris at Howay the Stats, wrote a, a pretty good piece on this. Just in this is shout out to Chris because he watched every single goal that Callum Wilson scored over the past two seasons, which is, I mean, a lot because he scored he scored more goals in the past two seasons than Newcastle did this season. Actually, no, that's not true because we had a nice little surge of goals we scored it during the restart. Um, but he is a complete forward. He's got ability to head the ball. He's only 5'11", but he's got a nice vertical. He's very solid in the air. Um, and he also is good at being in the right place at the right time. His finishing ability from outside the box is good. His finishing ability in general, just knowing how to pick his spots is good. I mean, the guy makes really good runs. He knows where he wants the ball in order for him to be in the best best possible position to score a goal. Um, so you have to commend him on that. And I was saying this to Greg, he's almost like the strengths of all of our other forwards right now uh, all put together. I mean, he's got the link-up play and, and heading ability that Joel Linton kind of brings to the table. Um, whether or not you kind of believe Joel Linton is good at either of those things is kind of up to you, but I personally do. Um, and he also has that, Obviously, the the heading ability of, of Andy Carroll, um, the finishing ability of Andy Carroll, um, and, of course, just being in that right place, right time, making those runs that Dwight Gale kind of does. And it's kind of interesting because, like, every other part of his his strengths are all weaknesses for those other guys. Joel Linton does not make those runs. Dwight Gale is not good in the air. Andy Carroll does not really make those runs anymore because, he like, his hamstrings don't work. So it's good to have a forward that can do it all. A forward who also – kind of fits that play style of Newcastle are going to be a team that's going to be fast. Like if you look at the attack now, um, and we'll get into our second signing, but Frazier's a pace guy, Almiron's a pace guy, ASM's a pace guy, and Tom Wilson's another guy who can run alongside those guys who, who he's great on the counter. So I think it's a good fit for Newcastle. Um, and he's a guy who's got the experience, knows how to score goals, and has been in similar situations as Newcastle. He's been – bottom of the table has been mid table. He knows the grind it takes and what it takes to actually uh, survive in the Prem. And that's the goal for Newcastle. Unfortunate as it is, it's survival. Yeah. Well now, now, now survival is seeming better. Yeah. Um, but let, let me ask you is Callum Wilson, your, and we're coming up on it. First match. Uh, is he your match day one starter for Newcastle United in the striker spot? Man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, if, if there were any other manager, I would say no. Um, but Steve Bruce is such a wild card. And, I mean, and I think before we even get even further, um, I have to mention, I think The Athletic, Chris Woff wrote about this as well. This is a very Steve Bruce window. Um, Steve Bruce said he wanted English players. He wanted young English players. He hasn't really gotten the young part yet. But the, the other folks that we're linked to, Yes, they are, they are younger English players that had the potential to kind of turn into something massive. But, I mean, it's kind of very Steve Bruce and, like, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to get guys who, yeah, they may not, you know, we may not be able to sell them in, in four years for $45, 60000000 million, but they are sure as hell going to keep us up. And so you look at Jeff Hendrick, another just solid – He's a Premier League guy who's been there, done that, played for Burnley, played a similar play style as us, played in the midfield, can play all over the midfield. Solid signing. Ryan Frazier, another guy, solid signing in the midfield. Also kind of that, I wouldn't say English, but, you know, 
in that area, UK, England, Scotland, blah, blah, blah. Another guy, solid signing, Premier League experience. We're talking four or five seasons. Still young enough to, you know, you can make a pretty penny off of him in the future. And, of course, Callum Wilson, obviously a little bit older, but still Premier League experience. And so I have to commend Steve Bruce because this seems like more of his transfer strategy rather than a Mike Ashley transfer strategy. He went out and got Premier League experience, guys. Um, So, but that being said, will Callum Wilson start? You know, sure, why not? I mean, Steve Bruce is not really the most tactically savvy guy. I don't know what else he really needs to learn, Calm Wilson. It's kind of going to be like go out there and we'll defend and, and try to get West Ham on the counter. So I'd say, yeah, he's your match day one starter, um, especially with Joe Linton not having trained until a few days ago and Calm Wilson being obviously training for Bournemouth, but still in training and match fit for a while. I think that, yeah, it makes sense that Calm Wilson would start day, match day one. Um, I have to also thank Callum Wilson because this is this was meant to be the signing for years. Uh, if you follow his career, you knew you knew he was going to come to Newcastle because he has not scored against Newcastle United. He's been waiting to score for Newcastle. Oh yeah, not you're right. Us. Fair point. Yeah, so he that's... has no goals, no assists against us. So we really appreciate him holding out because uh, he really wants to be his first goal involving Newcastle United to be for us, and yeah. we really appreciate that too. That's big. Yeah, uh, um, huge, huge for him. And he was not in the squad when we pummeled Bournemouth 4-1 after the restart. So, yeah, fair. <laughs> he was, did not play. <laughs> he knew he – but he also just didn't play because he was he was kind of taking in, uh, you know, how how he would fit in with the squad, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he didn't yeah. want to, he he want to, to be distracted a, by playing. Yeah. yeah, definitely wanted to see it from a different angle, um, for sure. It's so obvious. <laughs> Okay. Um, do you have any, I have a question for you, Greg, actually, what's your big worry with Wilson? Because I think there's no way every signing is perfect. And we, we kind of discussed the strengths and weaknesses of every guy. Like we said, Hey, I don't say Maxwell is going to be a guy who's going to dribble a ton and not pass a ton. And thank God he changed that about himself. But when he came here, it was like that. What, what's your big weakness for Callum Wilson? Yeah. The big weakness is he's, he's not, he's definitely fine with going on a scoring drought. Um, he ended the season his last uh, seven games without a goal. Um, he he would, I mean, and then he had like, I don't know, like, oh yeah, here it is. From October, from the first match of October until the last match in January, he didn't score a goal. And they played, I don't know, almost 15, 20 matches. Didn't even have an assist. So that's a weakness. He, he, if you're going to put him in, we, we, get, we need goals from our strikers. Now, also, Bournemouth, not that good this year. As you can tell, they're no longer yeah. in the Premier League. So, uh, I mean, it's the striker's poison. If you're not getting service, you're not getting goals. But you you expect a striker, a center forward, to take over in the, those situations. And that's what's uh, missing. And that's what we had two years ago with Rondon. He was able to – you could rely on him to take control of a match, hold the ball up, make that pass, score that goal. Um, or at least an assist because he did have a goal drop, yeah. but he picked up like three assists during the goal drop. Yeah. So, um, and so that's a weakness there uh, for him is, is, is the goal drop. We can't, can't afford that. It, um, he's proven that he can score in bunches many times. And this, this year and two years ago were the only real goal droughts for him. So hopefully, I mean, if he didn't have a goal drought this year, he would have had, over 10 goals easily. So, uh, but he had a, a solid three, four, no, almost four months without a goal. That's not good. 
Uh, but yeah. then once he got the goal, he got like three and six matches, which love to see. And then he kind of faded out at the end when Bermuth, after the restart when Bermuth was done, dusted and played awful. So, yeah, tough, tough draw uh, for Bermuth, but it, it's good for him. And he, 28 years old, he's not, he's not old. Uh, he still has a ton of room to, to continue to, to take that form from two years ago and get over 10 goals, which I think, like I've always said on this podcast, is if you're a starting striker, you must get 10 goals or it's a failed season for you. Um, and so I think he's a, definitely a player capable of doing that. He even said that. I mean, he said that, that that's his goal is to get in back in the double digits. I mean, 14 goals and 10 assists is just – I mean, it's a reason he got called up that season because that is absurd for anyone, um, really anyone not named Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, who, like, you look at the numbers no, those guys they, put up, I mean, but you're just like – Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, De Bruyne. Has, uh, but he, he puts up – but also, De Bruyne also takes every free cup. kick for Man City and scores like 75% oh, of those. Do we have a penalty taker? We actually – oh, what? Oh, time oh, we do. Oh, we actually well, – yeah, over say, that? Yeah, yeah, Callum Wilson. Oh, we have a penalty, penalty taker. taker. Yeah, there you go. Uh, um, uh, but I, w- I would add on to the goal drought thing. I would say this, not really a, a – like having a goal drought at Newcastle right now is not – like, he won't get slandered for it because, like, our, our entire attack went on a goal drought for, like, November until, like, the restart. So, I mean, like, that, everyone just didn't That's going to be the, the benefit, though, is he's really good at making those indirect runs. And if he can build that chemistry with um, uh, with Amaran and St. Max, if they can figure that out, ooh, because that's what they need. They need somebody who's going to do – those indirect runs and, and, and confuse the defense a little bit because if the center backs are worried about what direction he's going to go in while ASM or Almiron is bringing the ball up, that's a, that's a problem. I mean, and what's um, even better it's an exciting problem. <laughs> it's an exciting problem. And it's even more exciting because you got a guy that already knows Callum Wilson's tendencies has played with him for four or five, six, not six years, but four well, or we're five years. To that. We're yeah. I'm just saying that. like, it's, it's an exciting prospect, especially when you consider that both Miguel Amaron and Alan St. Maxman, like they, like you saw something really good that you love to see with, with any players that are new to the Premier League is that they consistently got better as the season went on. Like it's, yeah. there's no question about it. I mean, they both were by far the two most important players for Newcastle by the end of the season. Um, literally, you could not leave them off the match sheet, uh, the match day lineup without fans being, going into complete panic. And that's a good sign going into this next season, knowing that not only will you not have you, – you're kind of not – I wouldn't say eliminating the slow start that you had last year, but it's less likely you have the slow start that you had last year because you've got a healthy ASM. You've got a Miguel Amaron that has knows his place and has the confidence to play in the Premier League. You also have, in addition to that, two more guys you brought in who, yes, been there, done that. You already know what they can bring to the table – I'm excited about it. Um, I, I feel like, is there anything else? I mean, is there anything you're most excited about uh, with Callum coming to the squad? Or you kind of, I think you kind of just hit on it just now with Miggy and ASM and his link up play with them. Yeah, the potential is the most excitement and the fact that we may be able to score a penalty. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, and Callum Wilson has a reputation in the Premier League and, and people have played against him. So they, they know what he's about. Uh, where, where Jolinton got the reputation of, he, he doesn't do well in the Premier yeah. League. So when it, 
when teams used to come to prepare for Newcastle, the, the attention would be focused on probably John Joe Shelby, like on the attack, John Joe Shelby picking oh, the yeah. long ball to Almiron and St. Maximin. That was it. That was the attention. That was what they yeah. were dealing with. Now we're adding another wrinkle into that. Who's a proven goal scorer in the Premier League. Uh, center backs know of him. He's burned some center backs. So there's going to be more attention on that attack, which is it's super. It's exactly what we need. So yeah, um, that it for Callum. Yeah, I think that's it. I Callie mean, Wills. Yeah, I'm excited. Dude. I mean, the the noted penalty taker is is big for us. Because yeah, I'm, I'm surprised it took us that long to identify that. Obviously. I mean, we. I'm no offense to Matt Ritchie, we just cannot rely on him to do well. And I'd say the only other thing regarding Callum Wilson that I think could be net positive is that I do think, like, I don't think Joel Linton, just based on how the season went last season, I don't think he's like I would say upset about this move I think he understands it and I think he's taking the attitude and this is me just projecting completely like do not take this seriously I guess or do um but I do think that he's looking at this as an opportunity to learn and it's really hard to learn from Dwight Gale and Andy Carroll if they're never in training yeah and so when you saw them both healthy you kind of saw Joel Linton slightly improve like I thought for all things considered during the restart, when both Andy Carroll and Dwight Gale were healthy, we saw one of the best versions of Linton we've ever seen. So, I, I mean, that's exciting to have a, a good problem where it's like you can legitimately have another guy who's who can teach Linton the ways and, and Linton can learn from, and maybe they even have a sort of like battle for that that starting striker position. That's always a good problem to have when you have two guys who are, are good enough to be battling for your striker position. I feel like every manager wants that. Totally. All right. Um, also, uh, breaking news: Everton just signed uh, Rodriguez from Real Madrid. Oh, oh, good. The the um, uh, the rumor that's been in the works for a couple days. Um, yep. Everton just. I'm excited. To we, see I mean, Everton and like. and we have the false nine saying that they're the better pocket. I, we're breaking Premier League news. Yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah, we're bre- yeah, <laughs> not even our not even Newcastle. Just Premier League news in general. Yeah. All right, so, we're gonna take a break and then. You hang on there because we're about to talk about Ryan Fraser now. Uh, well, after these ads, beautiful ads. Um, see ya. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Elijah, our second signing is a great one. Hmm. Uh, a man of experience, a man that has played some matches. Um, first off, but, uh, well, I'll, I'll announce it first, and then I want you to start not on the player, but on the social media admin for the Newcastle United Twitter account. Uh, okay. But Newcastle United has announced the signing of Ryan Fraser. Uh, he joined Burnmouth in January of 2013 and made a total of 208 appearances for Burnmouth. Uh, he said, I'm absolutely buzzing for it. I came down to see the place the other day and it was just a no brainer really to play in such a big stadium with passionate fans and being back up in the North again is big as well. So I'm really looking forward to it and I can't wait to show everyone what I can do, help the team and help us get back to where we belong. Uh, Steve Bruce said, I'm delighted to bring Ryan to Newcastle United. Uh, We have, we've held off big competition to get his signature, his ability and his contributions on the pitch speak for themselves. He has a wonderful chemistry on the pitch with Callum Wilson which excites me, and I hope it excites our supporters ahead of the new season. Um, so 
great signing for Newcastle IMO. Uh, but first, let's get Elijah on to talk about the social media parts of this deal because it was great. It was great. And it deserves credit. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, by the way, I think the Newcastle social media admin has, has done a great job, he or she, um, he. just in general since that job was posted ever since the infamous uh, <laughs> Jersey leak tweet or whatever. Whatever that tweet was that got the admin fired was just hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they basically uh, – Spent the whole day tweeting just an insane amount within a short time span about Callum Wilson. And then they tweet out, hey, we've got another signing. Check out our last 10 tweets, the first letter of every of, of our last 10 tweets. And it spelled out Ryan Frazier. And I was like, mind blown. If you missed that and, and don't want to do it yourself, check out our article on SB Nation, uh, the old comminghomenewcastle.com or comminghomenewcastle.espnation.com. I, I wrote about it. Well, not that particularly, but the signings, because that's my job. And uh, I mentioned this tweet and showed you guys the proof and all that good stuff. So, yeah, um, Greg, I'm excited for this signer. Not this signer. This signing, because, Greg, I've been mentioning this for the past two or three podcasts, and I was very concerned about losing Valentino Lazaro because I felt as if, no offense to Matt Ritchie, I just didn't think he was as dynamic of an, of an attacking player that we needed to go alongside Alan St. Maxman and Emiga Amron. When either one of those guys are checked out and they are not having a good match and the other guy gets shut down, like Newcastle just deplete. And so Ryan Fraser is a guy who, like, he can bring it. And I'm excited uh, because he also brings a little bit of a different kind of play style to the attack, but also seems like he's going to be a guy that's going to work well together with his attack. Your quick thoughts so far on like what you know about Frazier. I'd love to hear them. Frazier. Like, no, it's Frazier. It's House of Frazier. Shout <laughs> um, out right. to Mike Ashley for actually signing this player two years ago when he bought House of Frazier for 50 million pounds. Remember that? That was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so Ryan Frazier also, he's been in the four seasons in the Premier League. Um, just to name his stats on that, he has. Uh, first year was three goals, eight assists. Second year was five goals, three assists. 2018-19, seven goals, 14 assists. And last year, uh, his he had one goal and four assists. Um, but oh, you way, want to talk about last season? Because I think yeah, it, it, I think I mean, it has to be talked about. So a couple things happened last season. Fraser, of course, missed like the entire restart. Which yeah, he missed stats. every match. Yep. Yeah, because he decided he didn't want to play anymore. But it, I think what's more important to recognize is that Eddie Howe or Eddie Ho, how do you say his name? Howe. Well, let's Eddie just, Howe, everyone knows who we're talking about. Yeah, Eddie <laughs> changed how he wanted to use Fraser. Yeah. Again, um, I don't know if I would agree with it. Fraser, um, and this is, I want to say, uh, from Y Scout. Shout out to um, to our boy, uh, Hoey the Stats, who brought this to my attention Fraser, 56% of his total assists in the Premier League came from crosses. That's what this guy does best. He crosses the ball in. He's got a killer foot to swing balls in. Beautiful curve, blah, blah, blah. And Eddie Ho, or Eddie Howe, I don't know how to say his name. I think it's Eddie Howe. Um, He decided, hey, I know you're good at this, but I want you to cross the ball less. And Ryan did not like that at all. Um, And I think that is probably a big factor into why his his assist uh, output kind of shrunk because 
a lot of his assists came from crossing, and he was not allowed to cross the ball um, a ton. I feel like that's that's that'd be my only concern. And I, it's not even a concern. I think that's just an explanation for anyone who has a concern about his low assist number last year. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, well, first I will say he has two assists against Newcastle in his career, so not as Newcastle favorite as Callum is. Um, well, I think I think no, Greg. I think in this case he wanted to show Newcastle what he was worth. He didn't want to score mm-hmm. against us, but he was like, "I'll I'll give an assist because okay. like, that's not as bad as scoring." Yeah. Got so it. I mean, it's it, it just it's him being nice. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. So so for Ryan, it's interesting his expected stats and like what they were mm. thinking of having him do. So so in this situation he actually um he actually ended up with more goals than was expected but uh he his expected assist is like right on the money and that was kind of concerned for me uh because it didn't seem like he was creating much but the one the one benefit is like every other year was pretty good yeah <laughs> um so like they said like throughout four years he should have like between 12 and 13 goals and 26 and 27 assists so take that down. You're you're looking at like, I don't know, four goals, seven assists a year, which is pretty good for a Newcastle player, honestly. Yeah, um, um, that'd be great. Uh, and so he, but he's the type of player where like, it's going to be interesting because you can talk about all of his benefits, and he is only 26, so mm-hmm. super a lot of time here to for him to grow and still get better. But it's going to be interesting to see how we use him because. There, there's this one guy named Alan St. Maximin, and there's another guy named Miguel Almiron, and then we have that that kind of wild card. I'm assuming Fraser will be that wild card. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you thinking it will be Fraser on the left, out Miggy at the 10, uh, ASM on the right? Yeah, honestly, I would say it's going to be a little bit more free-flowing. You've got a lot of guys who, I mean – Frazier kind of sticks to his role, but I think that's more a product of the system he was in rather than his ability as a player. Because if you look at him, he's solid with both feet. Um, and this past season, he's actually added to his arsenal the ability to kind of dribble into the box and lay off that pass. So he's got a little bit – he's got the ability to kind of play a little bit more free. But if you saw with Alan St. Maximin and, and Miguel Amaron, especially at, like the, since the restart, they kind of rotated between kind of that 10 and out wide roles, each one of them. And I honestly could see Newcastle having a very fluid attacking uh, three behind the striker and doing the same thing this season, especially with the fact that, like, you look at Ryan Frazier, he's as good of a dribbler, Premier League-wise, and obviously not flair-wise, but just in terms of ball retention and players beat, that kind of stuff, as Alan St. Maxman, he's a much more aggressive passer than both Miguel Amron and Alan St. Maxman. So I think he's got the ability to kind of also add into that kind of free-flowing attack, kind of do whatever you want to do to create chances that Steve Bruce wants. Of course, he's going to want to swing in balls. Just that's his his MO as a player, as a true kind of winger. But I, I don't know. I could see him, like you said, a little bit of a wild card role. Well, he can like swing in a delicious ball or cut inside and wreak havoc in the box, draw some center backs out of position and set up other guys to score. It's still – very much on Alan St. Maxman and Miguel Amron and obviously Callum Wilson and or Joe Linton to make the the runs in order to be in the right position at the right time in order to convert these chances. 
but I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited to see what what Frazier brings to the team. But you know, I think starting off, he'll probably stay out wide and swing in balls because that's what he's most comfortable doing. Yeah. So what what do you think happens to Joel Linton in this situation? Because when sometimes when he wasn't striker, they put him on the left. Is Joel yeah. Linton now a bench player? I think for the time being, Joel Linton is now a bench player. Now I could see because it's Steve Bruce and Steve Bruce loves Joel Linton. I could see Joel Linton starting, um, but I also think Steve Bruce knows the importance that both Frazier and Ed, Fraser or Frazier and Callum bring to the team um, in terms of just like, you already know both these guys are already everyday starters at another Premier League club or were everyday starters at another Premier League club. And Joel Linton, like he was an everyday starter, both out of necessity, because you have to remember Dwight Gale and Andy Carroll were both injured for about 60% of the season. Um, and also just the fact that like he was a 40 million pound signing. With that kind of behind Newcastle, um, there's the pressure's kind of shifted away from Joel Linton. I could see Joel Linton, especially given the fact that he's just now returned to the team, I could see him being relegated to the bench. And not not anything bad, but I also could see him making his way back into the starting lineup um, just because he's going to – my hope is that he consistently learns and improves. Um, and I could see him in a, in a role that – sees him as like a secondary striker, kind of a link-up player um, with uh, Callum Wilson. But I don't, I don't know if there's any way that you could start uh, Joel Linton over Callum Wilson right now. Just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Ryan Fraser is a, is a magpie. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's done. So um, is there anything else that like just highlights that you see from the player before we go to three words? Um. Oh, I didn't even know we had a three words for Ryan Fraser. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we kind of hit it spot on. I think I'll, I'm just interested to see how Steve Bruce uses him. I'm just excited there's, that there's another attacking player. And um, my hope is that Newcastle kind of continues with this window and brings in some, other, some, more, some more players that can be a threat off the bench um, to kind of support these guys. It's good that you have a competent striker slash I don't know if I would say Joel Linton's a winger um, off the bench, but I think you need just one more piece in order for us to really be a side that's going to for sure stay up. Um, I think you can't rely on just like these four guys in your attack right now, just because there's always a good chance, especially with ASM and Callum Wilson, um, that one of them could get injured with some sort of hamstring issue. And you're, you're down one of those guys for a, a few, a few, a few months possibly uh, this yeah. season. Now, I'll ask you this question uh, because you asked it for me, for Callum. Is there anything you're concerned about? Yeah, I mean, I think with you, the, Brian? I think I think the – Or could there be a red flag, I guess? Okay. I mean, I, I, I would say, like you said, I think that this past season was a bit of a red flag, but I also understand um, a player being frustrated – um, and, and not like want, not being not given the freedom to do what he wants. Um, and what he thinks is his, his bit, his greatest strength. I could see that happening um, again this season, uh, just because I don't really know how Steve Bruce plans on using this player. I don't know how much Steve Bruce is really scouting or has scouted uh, Ryan Fraser. Um, I would imagine a lot. And I'd imagine that Steve Bruce is of the same mindset of both of us, where it's like, this guy is the best when you give him the ability to kind of do what he wants link up with players. Don't, don't put him in a box. And I think Steve Bruce is, is a manager that, that won't do that. 
I think the other concern um, for Frazier, I mean, I mean, actually, I don't know. I don't think that's, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say there's, I don't think there's anything else, actually. I think that's probably the big thing. Um, uh, I, okay, I'll say this. There was a little bit of concern when we were first linked to him that he does not defend well at all and doesn't track back. But to that point, and this is why I was like, eh, is uh, Alan St. Maxman was not known as a player that defended well. And he did not track back and defend well for Newcastle until the restart. And during the restart, we saw Alan St. Maxman um, after a full season with Newcastle. He understood, like, this is the mentality of the club. Like, as much as we want to go forward, we still have to defend. Um, I think that Frazier has to adopt that mentality. And I think that, like, it's possible he does. I would be shocked if he just continues to not defend, which has kind of been his biggest knock coming to a, a side that defends a lot. So, yeah, that would be it for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, going to three words. We only have had two because it's it hasn't been announced that long since we did this. It's been like uh, maybe the, an hour and a half. <laughs> the two are Will Watson, two for one, and oh. Joe Terry said, keep them coming, which may happen. Yeah. Um, spoiler. Um, we could have Jamal Lewis in the door mm. soon. Uh, you might hear a lot from us this week. Uh, Elijah, any last words on Ryan Fraser? Um, not on Ryan Fraser, but I think it's a good time to pivot to just the transfer strategy in Newcastle in general. Like we kind of already talked about just those proven Premier League players. Now that you've gotten those guys at all your key positions, um, and Jamal Lewis is a player who it's expected maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, this has already happened. And we're Greg and I are already in the lab cooking up another emergency pod, but I'd be shocked if the Jamal Lewis thing doesn't go through. You've already gotten your premier league proven players and you've already started to shift a little bit with Jamal Lewis to getting younger players that could net just millions of dollars in the future. Jamal Lewis was one of maybe three players on Norwich that deserved to get bought. I mean, that's kind of rude, but in general, just deserved um, the praise and hype around around them. Um, and he's a guy who could just be one of the best left backs in the Premier League um, down the road. He could be. I'm not going to guarantee that. So you've already gone a direction where you're starting to get some younger players. And I think that Newcastle can kind of continue to go that direction. Now that you're kind of set, you've got a solid backup midfielder in Jeff Hendrick. You have got your attacking option – um, that you've added to the squad in Ryan Fraser. You've got your striker that you've added to the squad in terms of, in, in, um, in, in Colin Wilson. You've got your left back that you've added to the squad. That's Premier League. You've got all your Premier League ready players. I think if now is the time where if Newcastle are able to offload some players, um, a Fabian Cher or Florian Lejeune or DeAndre Yedlin, um, now you take that money and you kind of invest it in getting some, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old studs in other leagues that they could be really good. But it's not a huge deal if you you waste 5 or 10 mil on these guys because you've already got a solid group of guys, a solid team already that should, in theory, be able to to survive the Premier League. So I'm excited for that that phase. And, I, I, and just some of the links that have been floating around, I could see Newcastle going that route because – after all, it is still Mike Ashley, and he still is about buy young, sell for a lot of profit. So, I mean, that's, I think that's all I've got to say, retransfers. All right. Well, that's going to conclude our 
Burnmouth Cherries Emergency Podcast. <laughs> um, uh, so we, we got the two of their best and we're happy to have them. Uh, you will be hearing a lot more from us because we have a season preview. Uh, we're going to preview a match pretty soon. And then you may also get some emergency uh, podcasts, another one. So uh, hopefully we do. And we'll be talking to you in week. And have a great day and wait a lot. To be a Geordie and to live in Geordie land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I've walked the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river tine. I'm coming home. Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. The Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog in St James's Park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seen hitting her way I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park at the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home.